The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey, welcome back to Afternoons with Mike. Got a big program for you today, three guests, and we're going to start right off. Rob Motti is on the phone with me, and it is so good to have him here. He is the head NFL writer for the AP. The Associated Press. That's a pretty cool thing. We had him on my program recently, kind of told his story. And he's also the leader of a program that we have right here on The Shepherd on the weekends called Faith on the Field. Rob, it's great to have you back on today. Mike, it's awesome to be back on with you. I appreciate being on the program and and love, love being part of The Shepherd Network. Well, you know, Rob, when I think about what you get to do week in and week out, you write stories about people. You write stories about a sport that you love, and I know so many Americans really love, even if they've never played football. Most of us, and I never did, by the way. I'm one of those that didn't. Uh, I, I played it in the streets and, uh, and uh, you know, for fun. But to play competitively, no way. I was never that good. But this is a game that has caught the attention and the heart of of our country. It's really cool to realize that a lot of the people that you get to write about weekend and week out are really living a life for Jesus on Sundays. They are doing something on Sundays different than what we do, except for the fact that we watch it. And it's there. And of course, NFL is more than just Sundays. But there was a time that that's when the main time <laughs> that they would be playing was. They, they're living the life, aren't they? Yeah, and you're right about that. It used to be just Sunday and a Monday night game. And now it's Sunday, Monday, there's Thursday <laughs> night games. I, I, I tell my wife and kids, uh, Sunday nights, Monday nights, Thursday nights, I'm not going to be able to tuck you in into bed and, and, and hang out with, with the kids before they go to sleep because daddy's got to work. There's football on. But, yeah, these are players who, uh, so many of them, which is really cool to see, Mike, are, are firm believers who are going out there and, and living for the Lord and, and doing the best they can. And uh, I love seeing the guys who want to use their platform in a positive way to impact people for the kingdom. Uh, I recall a, a recent conversation I had with Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts, and he was one of the first players we had on the, on the program when we came on to your station. And when, when I spoke to Jalen all about the other stuff, nobody really talks to him in the media about his faith. And when I asked him about that, uh, about a, uh, him kneeling in prayer, and it's a picture uh, of him on his Instagram, it's like pinned, and it's him in the end zone, and he's kneeling in prayer, and he says, he who kneels before uh, God can stand before any man. And I, I asked him, what does that mean to you? And he, and he was so appreciative of the question and being able to answer that. He said, I hope kids pick up on that, on the fact that um, I am kneeling in prayer and, and I am taking a stand in Christ because there's a lot of, we see the football, we see the, the baseball and the home runs and, and basketball, the slam dunks and the three-point shots, but not often do the cameras pan over or take photos of the players who are kneeling in prayer, who are lifting up their performance to the Lord and, and to be able to talk to them about that and, and then to see their reaction, to know that they, they are excited to share that. And in many times, players, athletes, they don't want to talk to the media, but when it comes to sharing something that's important to them like that, they, they light up. They're excited to do that. So uh, I'm more than willing, more than happy to ask those questions. And, and, and that's how Faith on the Field came about. Well, it's really interesting to listen to your program and to know that that is uh, kind of the backdrop for the show and how that you started doing this. One of the things that we've seen in the NFL, it's it's obviously always been uh, a place where controversies can break out and the culture mixed in with uh, a favorite sport like football. That's not uncommon to see cultural in influence start to uh, kind of mess things up a little bit too. And the whole thing of kneeling that you're mentioning, it's, isn't it ironic that the kneeling when they shouldn't be kneeling uh, became a, a bit of a controversy a, a couple of years ago as well with all the stuff that's going on 
uh, with uh, our country and the culture. But isn't it refreshing to see people kneel when they should be kneeling and, and do what they need to be doing? But boy, uh, that is such a uh, an act of courage at times for somebody to do that. And you've got people on your program and on uh, that you write about all the time who are possessors of that kind of courage. Yeah, I, I love seeing the kneeling in prayer. And, and one of my favorite things about a game is the end, end of a football game when no, no matter how hard they fought on the field, you see players like from both sides joined together in kneeling in prayer circled around each other, guys who just beat each other up for 60 minutes, and it may be 6, 7, 8, it may be 16, 17, 18, but there is always, uh, there is always a prayer circle after the game. We may not see it on TV, but I go to a lot of games, obviously, part of my job. I'm always looking for it because I'm always looking for who's the athlete that's kneeling in prayer that may be the next guest on my program. And I take a note of that. I take a mental note of that. If I see it on TV, I take a screenshot. I want to see who these guys are. I want to talk to them about joining that prayer circle after a game, especially after going out there. Like this isn't football is so different than so many of the other sports. Cause you're out there, you're almost fighting, you're tackling, you're hitting, you're, you're hunting each other down. And then to just join together as brothers in a brotherhood afterwards, Hey, lifting it up to the Lord, grateful for, for getting through another game, for staying healthy, for the opportunity to play. These are the things they pray about. And I, I recall when, when guys always praise God after winning and, and praise God after having success, someone's always cynical going to say, oh, you mean God wasn't rooting for the other team and uh, God wanted this one to win and not the other team to win? No, it's the cameras in that person's face, and he's the one answering the question, and he's praising God for that opportunity, the blessings that he has to be able to be at that point in his life to exclaim uh, joy and jubilation after a victory. And, and it's difficult sometimes, but some of the guys who are on the losing side, they're there too. They're praising the Lord, except we don't see the camera in their face asking them that question. And it's a little awkward for them to say, uh, I, I, first and foremost, I, I want to give it all to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, after a loss. But they're doing it. They're doing it silently. They're doing it quietly. They're doing it in a little prayer circle. They're just not doing it in front of the camera. So uh, for for the cynics out there, I always scoff when I hear them say that. And I go, well, here, let me tell you the, the real deal behind all of this. Mm-hmm. And the real deal behind it, I'm, I, that's got to be there, right? I mean, it, I know that at one point there was, uh, it's been said that uh, this poll was taken years ago about uh, people who believe they're saved, people who believe they have faith. And if we believe that poll, it would be like most, the majority of Americans would be in, in church on Sunday mornings and, and living lives for the Lord because they all feel like they're born again. But we know that at times, these athletes who are really possessors of the real deal, who have that faith in their heart, they've got to stand at what times feels like they're all by themselves, right? Yeah, it it, it is. It's difficult. And, and you have so much, when, when you're a professional athlete, you have so much coming at you. So many people wanting your attention, so many different distractions taking you away from the main purpose. And there are, you have to be careful. You, you have to be extremely um, smart and and shrewd at times and understand who you're putting in your inner circle because everybody it's whether Mike, what I've seen is whether it's a player at the top of his game or it's a player just starting out and, and is making the league minimum, which is well more than the average American, like the league minimum is almost a million dollars. No matter what it is, these guys are always, there's people, who are trying to get a piece of what they have. So they have to be very careful who they surround themselves with. They have to be really careful about what they do, how they bring attention to themselves. And, 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 and let's, let's be real. We're, we're all sinners. We're all uh, going to make mistakes and, and wake 
up and, and start fresh. And, and in, no matter how strong our walk is, there are going to be times where we get knocked off uh, our, the, the top of the ladder or we get knocked down and we have to get back up again and say, hey, I made a mistake. I got it. But their mistakes are in the spotlight and it's magnified because they're, these are the athletes that people are paying a lot of money f- to watch, and, and they have all the big contracts. They have all of that stuff. So they have to be extremely careful how they go about living their daily lives. And some of them make mistakes, and it's understandable. But at, at the same time, we got to show grace, too, Mike. We have to show grace and understand that these are young men oftentimes young men who we don't know what type of background they came from. We don't know what type of upbringing they had, if they had a father figure, if they had someone who can really help set them in in that right step, that direction, that guidance. And uh, sometimes for many of these guys, it's not until they're they're in the NFL and, and they have coaches who care about them that they have someone, a male figure in their life who is really caring for them and showing them what it likes what it's like to walk with the Lord, whether Mm -hmm. it's a team chaplain or it's a pastor or it's a veteran player. So um, oftentimes uh, we look around and and we see this. And if if you see a player who professes to be a Christian, who makes a mistake, who does something, uh, I think we have to be, uh, look at that and and, and give them grace in that moment and understand that that we're all in that same position at some point in our lives. You know, I think that these uh, players that are trying their best, like you said, they they are deserving of our grace and prayers because they're facing things that most of us don't ever, we can't even imagine the physical, brutal uh, regimen that they have to be under just to keep their bodies in shape enough to take the kind of hits. I don't know how they do it, man. I I've been around a lot of NFL players. I've had a lot of them on my program. And when I look at them, when, when they've been up to the studio, I'm thinking, dude, you're, you're a big dude. Uh, but even still, how is it that you take such a crushing blow? And some of them that you see hit, Rob, I know you see it all the time. Yeah. yeah it's like that would put it, me it, in the hospital for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's, it's scary. It really is, Mike, to see that. And, and you know, sometimes... When, when I'm around the older guys, the veteran guys, or the reti- retired players, right, and and you're interviewing some of these retired players, and just to see all of the the impact of all of the hits and the hard work they put in, it's reflected, and they're struggling to walk, or they got there's some of these offensive and defensive linemen. You, if you look at their hands, their fingers are are mangled, they're distorted, and uh, their knees are. are so this takes a, a physical, extreme physical toll on these guys. And in many cases, they may not feel that or it, it, it's, it's not going to impact them until later on in their lives. And of course, Mike, we know all about head trauma now, yeah, and right. concussions and all of that and what that can lead to and the dangers of it. You know, that protocol process that's gone through, do you see that really making a difference right now? Uh, in, among the players, Rob, it's starting. It's it's helping, and uh, I think they they've started to look to, uh, in some cases, err on the side of caution, and, and in some cases they missed it. And 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 I, and I think the big one last year that was magnified was Tua Tagovailoa from the Miami Dolphins, their quarterback, who is a a strong and firm believer in Christ, by the way, and I had him on the program uh, several months back when I spoke to him at the Super Bowl, but he took a hit. He looked like he got up. He stumbled. He almost fell back, and there are supposed to be spotters, two people, independent spotters, not from either team, who when they see someone stumble and look like they had some kind of head trauma, pull them out of the game. When they did pull him out of the game, somehow he passed concussion protocol and went back in. And and, uh, I think that was uh, a a mistake. Mm. Uh, There was a a person who was responsible for that, lost their job. And uh, they're still going to make mistakes, but they are looking now to be even more extremely cautious and err on the side of caution to the point where they may pull a guy out of a game 
um, prematurely. It looks like he may have stumbled or it looks like something happened and, and he's not, he comes out and then he has to go through the whole concussion protocol. And if it's an important part of the game, he's the quarterback and it can, it can, in, it can have a major impact on a, a win or a loss for a team. But these are the things, the steps that they have to take. There was the, there was a massive lawsuit. I know that that was settled back in, I believe 2012, 2013, but there are so many, players who are still suffering from the hit that yeah. they took it's changed it's changed mike tremendously from the days where they used to give them uh what was that smelling salts and tell them stuff that's right back yeah. in the game yeah. it's, it's we're certainly not in that era anymore you know you think about uh, the fact that a team might take a loss because of a loss of a player because of a hit like that but think about the long-term loss that that player is going to be having to face uh, it's understandable why the direction has gone the way it's gone. Now, the last time we talked, we've got a few minutes left here before I lose uh, my time with you here today. Uh, you were getting ready to go up to the Hall of Fame. How did that go? Oh, it was beautiful. The The Hall of Fame ceremony, uh, the Hall of Fame village, it's magical. It's just a different experience to see all of these different players. They're, they're uh, uh, busts in, in Canton, Ohio, in the in, in, in the, the Hall of Fame village. But let me tell you about, I'm not sure if you, you saw this or, or and maybe some of your listeners have not. Um, there were several players, nine players who were inducted. And my favorite speech and, and was Joe Klecko, former New York Jets defensive end who grew up in the Philadelphia area, went to Temple University where I got my master's. So there's like a little bit of a connection and he's on stage and he's giving his hall of fame speech. And at one point he, he towards the end, he's closing Mike and he says, Hey, I'm, I'm in the uh, Temple University hall of fame. I'm in this hall of fame for whatever area he grew up in. And he's in that hall of fame. And I'm in now in the pro football hall of fame, but the most important hall of fame that I want to be in. And he points up and he says, is his hall of fame. Oh, wow. God knows. Yeah. He says, God knows how much uh, my family and I love him. And, and I hope to be in his hall of fame one day. So I made sure I took that quote out. I posted it on my social media. Of course I had to write about everything else and, and what I was there to cover, but that little, that little nugget got the most attention. So I'm going to reach out to Joe and probably get him on the program uh, in the weeks to come, because I, I thought that was such a powerful moment for him to say that on stage. Well, that was indeed. And I'm sure that that's going to be something that'll be fun to follow and see the impact that that kind of a speech will have because those speeches they play over and over over the years yeah. they, they get picked up there's a, a good shelf life for that and i know that you've got the whole season now preseason is here there's an outside chance rob next week i'm going to be visiting my son and we're working to see if we can actually see the cowboys play and that would be kind of fun gonna oh be that out. is very cool i'm going to uh, be out in <laughs> texas man yeah, it's probably going to be as hot as it is down here in, in, in Florida, that's for sure. But there, there's such a – Mike, no matter how many people love or hate the Cowboys, they're America's team, they're hated, they're, there's such a mystique about them. The star on the helmet, yeah. the uniforms, they're the Dallas Cowboys, and I, they're just a draw, whether they're good or bad. And, and I had already picked them from – April to be my Super Bowl team out of the NFC. Uh, I still have to come up with uh, my final preseason predictions. I'm not sure if I'm going to stick with the Cowboys, but it's been about 25, 26. I don't even know how many years since they were in the Super Bowl last. But uh, when I had to make my way too early predictions the day after the NFL draft, I had the Cowboys going. Oh, my goodness. Well, I will I'll have to let you know if I get to actually watch the game uh, and uh, be there in person. But boy, that stadium is something all by itself. I saw it from afar uh, at uh, a Texas Rangers game that I went to a couple of years back, but I've never been inside of it. But it's uh, it's a monolith, man. It's huge. So that's uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Rob Motti, it's always great to talk with you, my friend. And we'll be checking back in. And, of course, over, over the weekend, be sure to catch Rob's show, Faith on the Field. It comes several times. Go to the website, check where you, it plays in uh, your Shepherd City. And we are so glad to have you on with us here, my friend. Mike, it's uh, an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. All right, we'll be checking back in with him later. All right, and we'll see you uh, at that point, Rob. And we'll be right back here on The Shepherd.
Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. On the line with me right now is Ross Thompson. He is the founder of Patriot Defender. Now, let me tell you a little bit about what they are. They have this expression that we can no longer expect this government to protect our rights and freedoms. So a lot of people, we know this has been called the cancel culture. There's a lot of discrimination against people who are believers, against rights that they have. And um, Mr. Thompson, it is great to have Patriot Defender and you on our program. Welcome. Thanks, Mike. Great to be here. Now, I know that you have, as a part of your organization, a ton of attorneys that are just ready and willing to help people when they've lost some sort of right, either a First Amendment, Second Amendment right. Is that correct? Yeah, Mike. So, so Patriot Defender is an indemnified membership. So, so think, uh, think insurance on steroids, if you will. Um, and what we do is, is we protect our members um, and by, by providing uh, and arranging for um, full legal and expert defense of, of them should they, should they get into a number of situations, right? Or should they be the victim of a number of situations, should I say, right? So, of course, we, 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 um, we cover the, the legal defense for self-defense um, and, and all that. That's a pretty commonplace um, type, of, type of coverage. Um, but we went a bunch of steps further. Um, and, and what we believe is, you know, why the Second Amendment is, is extremely important, our first line of defense is always going to be the First Amendment. Our First Amendment right to speak our mind, to speak our truth, to stand up for what we believe in, whether that's with our business, in, in our child's schools, in the school board, um, in our communities, um, in, our, in, our, in our churches. Um, and and if, if someone or, or, or some organization um, in, in, involved with the radical left or, or the Biden government or, or you know, you go through the long list of, of boogeymen, if you will, um, if they decide to come after you um, because you – say what you believe, or you stand up for your political beliefs, um, or you vote a certain way, or you pray a certain way, or you believe a certain way, and they want to come after your business or your income or your reputation or your property, we will provide you with the legal and expert defense um, to stave off any of that, uh, any of that nastiness. Um, most people um, don't have the resources, um, financial uh, resources, or, or, or even know any, any, any lawyer um, much less the, the, the competent, appropriate one for your, your certain case. And that's what Patriot Defender provides our members. Um, it's, a, it's a low monthly fee, um, and should anything happen um, along those lines, we step in um, and, and we say enough's enough, and, and we'll, go to, we'll go to court and we'll go to bat for you. Wow. When did you organize this uh, company, Patriot Defender? So it's been in the works for a long time. Obviously, companies like this, uh, you know, take a lot of take a lot of planning. Um, but um, it, it was launched very recently, so a couple months ago. Um, and and frankly, the the genesis of the whole thing was, you know, as you said, we, we can no longer, as as conservative Christian Americans, um, depend on the government to to protect us, right? And not only can we not depend on them to protect us, but in, in so many cases, they're the ones coming after us. Um, and, and, you know, whether they win or lose, you know, what I've seen is, is, is the punishment is the process. And the punishment is just dragging you through court, humiliating you. You know, they, they get the media involved to misrepresent, you know, what you're doing and what you're saying. They'll call you a Nazi. They'll call you a racist. They'll call you, a, you know, homophobe. They'll call you any of those things when all you're doing is, is simply just standing up for what you believe in. Right. Um, again, at a school board meeting or, or, or at your office or place of work or, you know, whatever it may be, 
And, um, you know, we, we just say enough's enough. Um, and, and, and we want Patriots Offender to be like that alarm on your front lawn, right? That alarm sign on your front, front lawn that says, don't come here. Find an easier target. And, and we want the Patriot Defender logo and our members to display their membership on, the, on their small businesses and on their cars and, and homes and anything else, right? So that if any, anybody on the radical left comes and sees that, they go, you know what? I'm going to go find an easier target. That guy has the resources and the money and the expertise to fight back and fight me back. And guess what? I may, I may lose way more than I think. Um, and so that's what we want it to be, and, and that's the goal. You mentioned the whole thing about uh, people who carry and obviously a Second Amendment right to uh, have uh, firearms and to uh, if there's a you know, the state of Florida obviously changed their law in the last year about this. Uh, there are many states that still really fight that. But what you're talking about, one of the benefits would be for somebody who is a licensed carrying uh, of a firearm individual. And it is important to realize that even in best case scenarios for that person who uses it, everything was done correctly, everything was done legally, yet that person who who's defended himself with a weapon, even though he's legal, uh, can find himself getting in trouble with the law, right? That's, that's absolutely true, right? Um, and, and again, you know, you, you need to have a defense. You need to be able to have the right competent attorneys um, and, and, and experts, whether they're, again, there could be investigators, there could be any, any, any number of experts um, to, to, to defend you on your behalf, right? Um, and so, again, that's, that's something that, that is, you know, currently out there. Um, you know, we do that as well. Um, but we also, again, the First Amendment stuff as well, but, but we do things, if, if, you know, for, for religious or political um, discrimination, you, you lose your property. Your property can be your gun, right? So if, if someone decides to come and take your gun, um, a lot of these other, you know, self-defense organizations don't really touch that. Um, you know, we will. We want to put a complete bubble around your right to protect yourself and, and to, to live your American dream. Um, and, and there's a lot of facets to that, right? Whether it's, you know, you know your, your right to bear arms, whether it's, you know, your right uh, to pursue happiness or, or a business um, or, or whatever it may be. And those are all things that, that we, we, we cover um, because at any, any given time, you know, life can change and, and you may find yourself on, on the bad end of a, a bad solution or a bad situation. And, um, you know, we want to we be there because too many conservative Americans, too many Christians, Christian Americans um, just, just don't have the, the resources or, or experience to, to defend themselves. And again, like you said, even with a concealed carrier, you, you know, you shoot somebody legally. Right. The process is the punishment. Right. You know, even if you, you, you know, you win your case or you're exonerated or whatever it may be, the process is the punishment. It's, it's draining emotionally, mentally, financially. Um, and if you don't have a partner that can stand with you and, and provide the support for those things, um, then then those situations are extremely difficult. It certainly seems like they are. And I know there have been a number of cases where somebody uh, did everything again legally, did it right, would be even considered to be a hero and maybe saved other people's lives in the process and yet has to go through, like what you said, all of that stuff, all of the process, which is in itself draining and can give a person PTSD probably without a doubt for the rest of their life. So it is great to know that there are services that are available that's going to come and and be that help. What For a person that's not, let's say, a carrier, a legal concealed weapon carrier, but just average, everyday American, what do you see the biggest threat against uh, that person would be today? Well, listen, you you know, we cover things like IRS audits. Right. We see IRS audits being levied against conservative Americans, um, you know, in, in an unequal fashion um, versus liberal Americans. Um, so we, we, we provide accountants and, and lawyers to, to assist you in, in those types of um, those types of situations. Um, you know, things like, you know, parents standing up for, for, you know, you know, things like, you know, not indoctrinating their, their children, whether it's, you know, library books or whether it's, it's certain trans policies or, or it's certain, you know, um, you know, policies where, where, you know, a kid can go in and say, you know, I want to be a girl or a boy and, and teachers don't even allow them, um, you know, or don't even, you know, tell the parents about those types of things. Um, really, you know, 
it's all seeping into our everyday way of life. Um, and, and if we want to stand up to it and speak out against it, um, then, you know, we get ostracized or, or, you know, the, 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 the left comes after us. There was one, one incident we saw the other day where, where a woman in, in California spoke up against um, a trans policy in, in, in her, in her child's school, her, her middle school child's school, right? And a group, a group from the left just started writing her employer that she's a, she's a, um, a homophobe, she's, she's hateful, she's a Nazi, you know, all these terrible things. And, and she was a real estate agent in California and, and owned her own little, little um, you know, franchise of a real estate um, business. And, and the home office fired her. Right? Unreal. And, Unreal. And, and she didn't yeah. even know what to do because, you know, she couldn't, you know, afford attorney. She couldn't afford how to fight these people. Um, and, and, and now her livelihood is ruined because she stood up to try to defend her children in, 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 a, in small town California. And, and these people just, just are vicious. They just totally ruined her life for no other good reason, but she believes something different. And, 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 and in America today, I can't believe we live in an America where we can't have different opinions and live our lives respectfully and, and unabated. And, and, and that is just an absolute terror. And, and you will, you know, if, if you stand up enough and you fight back enough, you will find yourself at the, at the end of that gun, um, you know, li- literally and figuratively, where, where your, your life will, will change forever if you're not able to stand up and say, I can fight back. And I can promise you, if, if on her storefront, on that, on that California real estate agency office, if she had a Patriot Defender sticker on her front window, they probably would have found somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of, uh, I guess you could say, frontline defense uh, in, in that scenario means that you've, you're a, an individual that's got the backing and got uh, the, the network of people behind you that's going to, you're, they're not just taking you on, they're taking the whole group on. And that's really what you're talking about. And this is a, a day in a, an age where a lot of parents, we've seen it up in Virginia, where a lot of parents are doing exactly what you're talking about. Do you believe that the day of Loudoun, Virginia, where parents uh, stay, stand up for rights and then things change, do you believe that day is getting, uh, let's say, less frequent? Or do you believe that there's a move by people that are, they are going to stand up and they're going to do the fight using organizations like your organization, Patriot Defender. Uh, do you believe that, that there's a trend for people willing to fight or do you see it going the wrong direction? So I, I think, I think it, it'll only change if we give conservative Americans the resources to, to fight back. And, and let me explain that. The only way to make the liberals bleed right, is by outspending them, right? They, 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 they don't like to lose money. They don't like to, to have to, to, to spend a lot. And that's why, you know, a lot of these, these, these groups are the outspoken loud ones, right? They're small, they're, they're the minority, but they're outspoken and they're loud. And that's all they have, right? And, and, and with, with conservative America having, you know, in my opinion, the moral high ground, right? You know, we, 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 we have that hilltop, right? But one of the things we don't have is, is the, the financial resources. And I can promise you that if, if, if the liberals and the outspoken liberals want to shout down or want to, want to intimidate um, even, even, even the media, right? I mean, we cover media misrepresentation, right? They want to shout down and intimidate a group of conservative parents in, in Loudoun County or anywhere else. I can promise you they will think twice. Yeah. If they know each of, each one of those parents has the resources of, a, of hundreds of thousands of dollars, an expert legal and 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 other um, availabilities to them to fight them back, yeah. I can promise you, I can promise you, they will think twice. Now let's give it out now, and then we'll do it again at the end of uh, our talk here. What is the website that people can go and find out about Patriot Defender? Yep, it's just www.patriotdefender.com. Um, it's got a lot of information there. Again, it's it's a it's a, a low monthly fee. It's 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 under eight dollars a month, um, and you 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 just get so much peace of mind. 
That sounds like it would do it. And that, again, is a good option for people who are, let's say, carriers and they don't have any kind of of insurance uh, a plan or policy as a carrier to protect them legally in the sense of ever, God forbid, ever having to use that gun to protect themselves. But uh, you're right. I mean, you if that were to happen, it, it could really still be a real struggle. Even after you get out of that, Im- that immediate threat, you're still going to be looking at uh, maybe years of fighting for your own rights and fighting out of that situation. So that's really great to know. Now, your background yourself, you were involved in intelligence and security. Tell us about that. What was uh, what was in your background that caused you to want to go to this direction? Well, I, you know, I, I grew up I grew up uh, uh, conservatively and, and um, I ended up uh, spending, um, you know, my my early my early life, my early kind of adult life um, doing overseas intelligence um, and and doing that whole thing and and again you know myself and and everybody else that's an owner of this company know, knows what it's like to, to fight for America and um, and put your life on the line for America and um, you know I was uh, I was a 15 year old um, living in New York City when I saw the plane hit the tower in 9/11 and that spurred me to to go do something about it and and, and live a life for for wow. America. And um, and I just uh, I'm saddened to to see where where things things have taken. Um, it's a turn for the worse. Whether it's you know recent things like you know just kind of the the the, the government uh, weaponization of government for for conservatives. Whether it was things like the withdrawal from Afghanistan, um, you know, and, and just the lives that that were, were shaken there, and and the you know our, our the soul of our country that was shaken there. And um, I just I can't I can't stand to see conservatives just being victimized because they want to just quietly live their lives. And the minute they stand up and say anything um, that, you know, uh, you know, they, they believe in, they just get shouted down and intimidated. Um, and that's just not a country I want to live in. And, and I want to do something about it. Well, that sounds like you're doing that. Uh, this is going to be an interesting year ahead of us with 2024 being the election year. It's going to be uh, quite vigorous and and I think a lot of activity and it's going to be a lot out there in the news, both directions, I am sure. Again, give us that website one more time, Ross, if you would, about Patriot Defender. Yep, it's just www.patriotdefender.com. All right, Ross, it is great to have you here with us today. Ross Thompson, he's the co-founder of Patriot Defender, and uh, they're providing a service at a very low fee. You can find out all about it again at their website. Ross, thanks for being with us today. No, no, thanks, Mike, and I wish you and your, your listeners a blessed day. All right, God bless. We'll be back in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Back here on the program and with me today for the very first time, and I am excited about this, Lloyd Richardson served as a diplomat during the years of Ronald Reagan. I think when we look back, those are years increasingly fond for most of us that were alive back then, and we are so grateful for the the freedoms of America that we saw kind of come back into focus again during the Reagan years. And now those things are a bit under pressure again. And Lloyd Richardson is here with us today. He is an expert on all things China. So welcome to the program, sir. Well, thank you, Mike. It's great to be here. You know, you served again under one of maybe the most revered leaders in our lifetime, Ronald Reagan. He It was really unclear just how substantial of a leader he was when he even first took the White House. But uh, it's proven that those years were, were really changing years for America, weren't they? Well, they certainly were both social, I mean, socially, economically, and certainly in matters of foreign policy. It, Almost a golden era, unfortunately. 
Now, your work in the U.S. Department uh, that uh, you served as a diplomat, you were, you were dealing with China even back then, right? Yes. Uh, sad, sad to tell you, Mike, I, I've actually been in the China field since 1969, which was a few years before uh, Henry Kissinger and Richard Nixon decided to turn to China to offset the Soviet Union. So I've, I've been at it for a while, yes. But I was, I was a Chinese language officer during the 80s when I was in the U.S. Foreign Service. And one of the few people that I've ever talked with, you're, you're very fluent in Chinese as well, correct? That, that's right. And I do want to mention that one of the things that I guess personally I'm proudest of is uh, I did work in Taiwan arms sales uh, when I was in the State Department. So uh, that was one of my one of my assignments. And uh, it was it was very uh, eye opening, I will say. You know, we hear a lot today, sir, about uh, foreign interests and safety. And we all are seeing what's happening domestically here at our border. And yet the news stories would continue to come forward saying that America's greatest threat is that with China. Would you agree with that? Uh, yes, yes, I would. Uh, and just as, a, as, a, as evidence of that, I would say it's important. I don't see this reported very much in the media, but in 2018, uh, Xi Jinping, the chairman of the Communist Party and, and head of state, in China, declared a new 30-year war on the United States and the West. Uh, so the Chinese understand this. It, it worries me that perhaps we in the U.S. are, are not quite so aware of, of what's happening. Uh, I think we're unaware of a lot that's happening, and, or maybe I should say that, have al- that has already happened. Now, uh, would you be among those that would believe that China's involvement with uh, COVID and, and the whole virus escaping from uh, that area, would you believe that that was an intentional thing? Well, as I like to say, whether the release, it's, well, first of all, the research, of course, was intentional. How can anyone gain say that? Right. But whether the release itself was intentional, uh, let's just say if it wasn't, I like to say the Chinese Communist Party was taking careful notes uh, as as that situation uh, evolved. And, and then, of course, they were not shy at all about continuing to pump millions of Chinese tourists and business people out around the world in the months immediately following, you know, the original disclosure in November or December of 2019, possibly earlier, if you believe some sources, in October and they continue to pace, uh, right, to keep sending their people abroad. So, so certainly parts of it were, were intentional. Mm. Well, we can all be thankful that at least we're in a better place today for the most part. I know that uh, there's always talk about reinstituting some of the lockdowns and things like that. And it, it always is kind of an un, uneasy feeling that we probably haven't seen the last of all of that kind of stuff that's gone on. But I'm grateful for where we are, at least today, and especially grateful for where we are here in Florida. Uh, you know, a, a lot of us hear about global influence, and we know that the people that are in the government right now in the United States seems to have connections with uh, this whole this whole uh, Chinese uh, cause and uh, the in, the businesses involved with all of that. What do you see as our number one threat in America with our involvement, either with or uh, against China? Well, to me, the first thing is. As you are no doubt aware, Mike, during the 1990s, our manufacturing industry and infrastructure in the United States was essentially gutted by moving jobs to China. And it is part of consistent Chinese policy since that time and still today. They want to become the manufacturer for the entire world because they well understand that if they control key parts of a country's manufacturing sector, then they really control that country's economy, don't they? Mm-hmm. And, and through, those, through those influences, 
whatever else they're doing, they certainly control government policies. So, uh, so certainly, uh, this this business of free trade, we have to. I think Trump had that just right. Uh, we need to recognize that the reason the Chinese have so much influence globally is that they are taking the very same dollars that they earn every day from trade with with the United States and other parts of the West. They turn right around and recycle those those trade dollars into buying influence in places like Africa, Central Asia, Latin America. So this is not this is all it's all part of a a, a comprehensive process. Mm-hmm. Do you see that what's going on in the world stage, let's say in the Ukraine right now? Do you see all of that playing into the hands of the this goal that China would have? Ukraine, it seems to me, is a is a little bit of a different situation, and and I, I, to me, it's it's more a distraction than anything else. It certainly goes to um, larger strategic goals that the Chinese are pursuing with the Russians, with the Iranians. Uh, you know, one of the things, of course, they're very busy trying to do is to undermine the U.S. dollar in the trade, the international trade system now, mm-hmm. to try to get the uh, Chinese dollar could be uh, a substitute in in a lot of international trade transactions, uh, but Ukraine, I don't I don't see Ukraine per se as something that is necessarily uh, a situation that they help engineer. I mean, I think there was a lot there are a lot of forces much closer to home, uh, certainly in, in the Democrat Party. You know, the idea of having Ukraine join NATO, that's an idea, which, by the way, I happen to think is a very bad idea, but it goes back to the Obama administration, and that's really where its roots are. Mm -hmm. So uh, is it all part of a major – is it all part of a global problem? Absolutely, but um, I'm not sure that it necessarily – that specific situation necessarily works to advance China's interests. Having been somebody that served at the highest levels in government with regards to this relationship with this, uh, you know, what is considered to be an enemy of the U.S. by by so many people, what what is your biggest concern about our current government relationship with China right now? Well, to to put to put one. To, to try to come up with one thing out of the dozen or so that are out there, uh, you know, certainly the military uh, is an obvious starting place. There's no question that uh, that China seeks to supplant our influence in the Pacific. They've been working very hard at that. They're, they've developed a blue water navy and have tried very hard to push their influence into the Indian Ocean surrounding India. Uh, they have relationships with Pakistan that they are using to gain access to the Indian Ocean uh, across the continent. So, so the military and strategic situation is obviously is obviously important. But to pick just one thing, when I have to believe that they are they engage in what they call unrestricted warfare, or what others call total war, and that's what they're doing with the West. So it isn't just the military part. Mm-hmm. They're pursuing, as you know, um, efforts to influence elections. They're seeking to to buy agricultural lands in the United States, attempt to to try to uh, make our our domestic food supplies less secure. They're trying to buy influence of, even in local governments, to say nothing of Washington. But of course, in Washington, you know, you have the whole problem of the American political class, which has been working since the 1980s very vigorously. To advance their own interests, which unfortunately, in my view, have been have been uh, not well aligned with the interests of the United States as a whole. Mm-hmm. Well, these are times you mentioned the whole uh, purchase of lands. That's something that's been addressed even in Florida by our our governor here, and so the acquisition of lands that's been going on for decades, right? It has, yes. Just just like our influence, their influence in in our 
in our corporations, uh, their influence in our uh, universities, which, of course, is in case anyone fails to recall this, China has at any one time over 350,000 students, largely in our graduate uh, our graduate student system in our universities, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, these people are largely studying in technical fields, right, in science and technology. So uh, out of 350,000 people every year, and there's a turnover in that, and a lot of them stay in the United States and go on into industry because of the way our visa system works. So uh, do they have access? Of, of course they do, right down to the right down to the most granular levels and the smallest companies. Wow. You know, I think uh, all uh, Americans were worried and, and could see that this was not just a benign situation, but when that weather balloon or whatever that thing was, we know it was much more than just a weather balloon. It was uh, definitely a, an information gathering vehicle that floated over the United States only to be shot down after it did its job. Uh, wh- what do you nice, make of nice, that from nice, your position? Nice timing, right? Yeah. <laughs> nice timing. Yeah, let's wait till they were finished. That's right. I mean, this thing hung over some of the most strategic areas of uh, our defense in the United States, and and we kind of treated that like it was nothing. You mean like intercontinental ballistic missile silos? Exactly. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. So so what's the answer for this? What can we do? What should we be doing? I know you've written a lot on this. What what are you suggesting uh, American citizens can do? What should we be about? Well, actually, uh, Mike, I have a website called very it's very original LloydRichardson.com, and I I do have a, a, a section of the site that's devoted to China policy, as well as to the spy novels that I write to kind of illustrate the Chinese influence globally. Uh, and there's a, there, there's certainly a long list of things, but you know the first step is is awareness. If we don't take seriously that the Chinese mean to defeat us strategically, then then nothing else can follow. So mm-hmm. that's the very first thing. And then from there, yes, there are things that, as you noted, what gives me some hope is that state legislatures are not waiting for Washington anymore, right? They're taking action to prevent various kinds of, of Chinese activity in their own states. But obviously, at some point, this is a this is a foreign policy matter, and, right, and Washington's right. going to have to get serious about it. Uh, and there's a, a long list of things uh, that I note in a white paper that I have posted on my website uh, that Congress will need to do. Uh, but it affects everything. I mean, you, you hear about it every day in the news, things like where your investment dollars are going, right? Having having your, your retirement savings being invested in Chinese companies. Uh, how smart is that, right? right. If, if these are people who are, who are determined to destroy you. We need to wake so, up and get busy. What's that website one more time, we, we Lloyd? Do. Right. It's LloydRichardson.com. LloydRichardson.com. And I really thank you for being with me today and and helping to kind of uh, cause the coffee to go off and maybe we can smell it and wake up, huh? That's what we need to do. (laughs) I'm all for coffee anytime, (laughs) That's right. Well, God bless you, Lloyd, and thank you for being with me. And friends, we'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike. 